Hello everyone, my name is Elaine Stafford and you're very welcome to KPMG's podcast Conversations with Auditors, the podcast where we explore the relevant issues, opportunities and new ways of working that are shaping the future of the profession. Today I'm delighted to be joined by David Drought. David is the lead director in our accounting advisory group. David, thanks for joining us. For those of our listeners that are not familiar with the accounting advisory group, perhaps you could kick off with giving a brief overview of the type of work you perform. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Elaine. Um, I mean, accounting advisory was established to help clients with complex and challenging accounting and financial reporting issues. These arise from a range of scenarios, be it business transactions, business decisions, regulatory changes, and also changes in accounting or amendments to, to, to accounting standards. Um, simply put, if it's a debit and credit involved, accounting advice may be needed. Uh, but as we're both aware, businesses and business transactions are becoming more and more complex and so interpreting and applying accounting standards is, is proving challenging for certain clients and when you put in transactions outside the status quo that can become very stressful for clients and so that's where we come in hopefully to help and, and ease some of that pressure. The debits and credits can be a challenge. Absolutely. Doesn't, doesn't matter how experienced <laughs> you are. Um, so what are you talking to clients about at the moment? A lot of our clients have December year ends, so the last last period would have been looking to, to close out that in terms of year end reminders or dealing with significant trans- transactions during the year that they, they didn't get around to really considering the, the, the accounting treatment. Um, what we do encourage clients to do is, is, is attend our financial reporting seminar that, that we present in Q4 of every year because that's targeted very much for these purposes. We cover off year end reminders, we look at what's topical from a financial reporting perspective regulatory updates and we also give an update on accounting standards be it new or amendments and uh, most clients are very happy to hear that there's no significant new standards impacting them this year. You mentioned regulatory updates there David Um, they're really relevant to a lot of our listeners is there anything in particular you'd like to highlight or draw out there? Uh, Yeah no absolutely Um, when we talk about regulatory updates we're talking about ESMA, FRC, IASA um, each of which are at the end of every year they announce their their priorities or focus areas for the upcoming year and so uh, as you can imagine there's a level of consistency right across uh, the regulators there's consistency in terms of issues they brought forward that they feel need to be further addressed but also more topical things that they think that's very important to be on clients uh, radar Um, as you can also imagine there's consistency in terms of the actual topics uh, climate related matters is 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 right up there um, in terms of consistency with with financial and non-financial information obviously there's 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 a raft of climate reporting and and insurance considerations uh, coming down the line that we could we could get into and and, uh, spend all day talking about but I'll 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 hold back for the moment Um, also right consistent across the regulators as well as in terms of geopolitical events uh, the conflict in Ukraine uh, where that's relevant for for companies gives rise to a number of financial reporting challenges there's macroeconomic events such as rising interest rates and rising inflation rates that all again gives rise to financial reporting and audit consequences so um, these are things that are on our clients radars but also um, the regulator will, will will be focusing on over the upcoming cycle if I, if I consider IASA a little further in terms of some of their priorities, they also include a number of items um, such as impairment considerations, alternative performance metrics, which has been topical for, for quite a while. Uh, there's covenants, cyber risk, just to name a few. Um, 
supply chain financing as well, which is an area that, that the clients often, uh, I wouldn't say struggle with, but there's, there's complex accounting that you can be considered. Um, and that's probably just to name a few that we've, we've talked a little bit more with clients about more recently. Um, that IASA publication also very interestingly, helpfully includes a section to, to direct it towards management directors, audit committees. It's a should and should nots, and I, I, I really recommend that's that's relevant to a lot of clients, and it's a, it's an interesting read. Um, but but they're probably the 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 current items we talk to our current cl- our clients in terms of regulatory updates. Yeah. Thanks, David. No one wants one of those IASA letters in the post, so it's really important we pay attention to all of those topics. On a day-to-day basis then, perhaps you could tell me a little bit about the type of projects um, that you and your team work on. Yeah, of course. So as I probably would have touched on, um, we spend a lot of time dealing with sort of complex uh, and challenging accounting accounting issues. And a lot of these arise from transactions, um, but not just uh, uh, around transactions either. Some are, are implementation of, of, of current standards um, from changes in businesses. So really, the, the great thing about accounting advisory is no one day is the same. We have a fantastic client base and that brings uh, a range of accounting challenges. So I suppose maybe just to give you a sense of uh, the mixture of the larger projects and what we would see. So if I, if I take say gap conversions is, is something we would, we would work on with a number of clients. And so this is where clients are looking to convert from FRS 102 to IFRS to US gap or any combination of, of these. And there's various reasons why that might take place. So they're a big project along with maybe say transaction support, which is quite wide ranging, um, where groups are acquiring businesses, selling businesses, and, and, and some of which we work very closely with our TS colleagues with providing due diligence support. Uh, you Very commonly you'd see the acquirer uh, trying to do account and policy comparison with the acquiree, maybe look at, at gap differences. Uh, and often what leads into that then is acquisition accounting. So again, our valuations team do, do a lot of work around the purchase price allocation, but where we come in then is from the accounting perspective where IFRS 10 and other acquisition accounting considerations all need to be sort of followed, documented, uh, and we're going through things like, you know, identifying acquisition dates to form a consideration, um, some of which, which give rise to lots of complexities. Um, and if I think about one of the more complex areas we, we work on as well is, is group reorganizations. So businesses have lots of reasons to do this. It might be to, you know, to clean up a group in terms of reducing costs. It could be strategic in terms of moving businesses around prior to a sale in terms of a carve out. Um, or it can be purely from a non-compliance or from a compliance perspective. Uh, so that's a challenging area. And look, what's, what's obviously fundamental to us as well is accounting papers. So we provide accounting opinions on from KPMG perspective, but we also help clients uh, document their accounting analysis for transactions. And, and even within that, then there's common themes of things like share-based payments, uh, debt versus equity consideration. So these complex areas where clients um, may not have the experience of having to work through purely because they don't see them very regularly. Um, outside of that, there's probably uh, we work with a number of insurers from an IFRS 17 perspective in terms of implementation, and some of that might be staff secondment, and then some from an advisory perspective as well. Very good. I might go back to the IFRS 17 piece there, um, one that we were debating the other day. So can I ask you, David, does um, IFRS 17 only imply to apply to insurers? Very good question, Elaine. And, and look, to be, to be really explicitly clear, 
it not it doesn't just apply to insurers it's it's a IFRS 17 insur- covers insurance contracts and it is very relevant for corporates and and it's important that corporates consider this what elements is applicable to them now the standard itself is quite wide ranging and there's a number of exemptions that in some ways get you out of the standard after you to get you into it but one of the areas we know um, that does need to be considered is around financial guarantee contracts and, and I suppose in this respect even if I just jump into that for for one second historically um, IFRS 9 was amended to uncover financial guarantee contracts and really what happened at that time a lot of our corporates would have considered these to be insurance contracts mm-hmm. and they would have ended up in a provision standard where it was a bit more straightforward and you would have got to a view of not having to recognize um, or may have not got to recognize an, an adjustment or a provision however from 1 January 2023 these corporates now have an accounting policy choice between IFRS 9 and IFRS 17 um, so ultimately what this means is they will need to, to consider where they have these in place whether they need to recognize an adjustment or a minimum calculate what that might be so um, that's one example where um, it will impact a lot of our corporate clients I think I'll have to come back and pick your brain a bit more <laughs> on it another day You're very welcome to if we go back to the projects that you work on um, it'd be good to get a little bit more detail on them perhaps you could talk me through what you would do say for a gap conversion how how would you assist a client yeah th- th- we have a number of these projects ongoing at the moment as well and, and depending on the clients a big element of the role might be from a project management perspective so we're working with all the key stakeholders that may be the, the finance team along with the management team the board and, and importantly as well the client auditors um, and it's important everyone's brought along the journey buy in in terms of timetables but also from a, an accounting perspective there's there's often some challenging accounting judgments coming up throughout this process or even simply accounting policy choices and so it's important that everyone's brought along these things are addressed in a timely manner so there's no surprises at the end and, and timelines are met from our perspective then you know we have the experience of putting the process around it so we get that understanding of the business and then we you know phase one we're looking at uh, initial impact assessments where we go line by line through their financial information going well is there a gap difference here if there is is it relevant to the client and from there then we build a picture of well what areas do we need to get into a bit more uh, revenue is often that area due to the complexity within the standards or what areas where we immediately know well we need to calculate an adjustment here as well as get into the details so for example leases might be might be that area so we work through all of that uh, following on from there then we work with the clients then in terms of quantifying these adjustments writing up technical papers all that flows then into their updated gap figures and financial statements or financial information and the I suppose the interesting thing from a project management perspective when you when you put all that together and you're pulling together looking for information that they may not have to they've not had to extract before all this is really really challenging you put this onto a busy finance team mm-hmm. um, and that's where the support is often needed yeah it can be extremely time consuming one of absolutely. those conversions yeah yeah absolutely you mentioned group reorgs there as well you might you might talk to me a little bit more detail about those and, and how you can assist there yeah so th- this this is an area again a lot of clients may never have to come across this or they come across it one or once or twice periodically um and i suppose a group reorg can be from two steps to 200 plus steps but i can i can say there's there's few without their complexities and and when, when you're not coming across them regularly you don't really have a, a need to have the experience of well what areas do i need to look at 
but I can say from from a lot of group reorgs, there's there's lots of an accounting complexities, and I probably shouldn't just say accounting. There's there's company law and accounting standards that all need to be considered. So, really, even just to give you a flavour of it, there's things a common group reorg may may include things as share issuances. There's distributions, which require distributable reserves analysis. There's asset transfers, business transfers. Uh, common control transactions which will require fair value versus book value considerations and, and and that's just to name a few of the challenges so so again this is this is an area where um, clients often get into the process and then quickly realize that they need assistance and as we go through all of this as well we're very conscious of leaving an audit trail where the judgments the considerations everything the the, the, the client conclusions are all documented because these sort of transactions are all subject to a lot of audit focus obviously when it comes to the audit cycle Sounds like a big challenge, a group reorg. Um, what other challenges, I suppose, have you helped clients face over the last year? Yeah, so I suppose the, the interesting thing is uh, no two transactions are the same. You know, no two business combinations, no two group reorgs. Um, and even when they look similar up front, when you get into the detail, there's always complexities unique to them. Um, and saying that, we do have the experience to sort of know, well, where, which areas we expect these complexities to arise in. And I suppose one of the areas maybe that uh, illustrates this is around uh, we've we've number of clients this year that's raised funding via private equity, and I suppose private equity transactions bring a number of accounting challenges and considerations which are not always considered at the time, and often end up being the responsibility of the management team of the, the operating company acquired. Um, and I suppose just to maybe expand on that, it's uh, where private equity obtain controlling interest. This is often done via a newly incorporated acquisition company. So that company will likely be applying fair value accounting. So then you're into purchase price allocation, which is which is a, a, a an exercise that require a lot of sort of inputs and efforts and time, as I said, from probably the management team uh, of the operating company will is likely a fall on. Uh, depending on the the funding structure, the instruments used, they're often and we see a lot of complexity in terms of whether they're debt versus equity instruments and 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 that can quite require quite a bit of analysis and it's not always considered at the time uh, share-based payments and other incentive arrangements again are are complicated in any scenario but we do find uh, a number of private equity transactions that this this does prove challenging when it comes to financial reporting and, and all the time so as auditor it sounds like you know you could really help a lot of my clients um, with transactions that they have ongoing or plan to undertake. Given the independence rules that apply to auditors, though, can you in, in fact help my clients? Yeah, and I suppose the, the the simple answer here is yes, we can once it's within those independence rules. So when we do have clients or audit clients approaching us or potential audit clients approaching us, uh, we do need to consider those independent considerations. But there is a wide range of services we can provide within those independent rules. And what I would say is um, when this support is required, uh, we we obviously need to consider those along with the audit team as well. But but. Um, that's that's a discussion we, we have on a regular basis. Okay, and you mentioned there some of our other departments um, in KPMG. Do you work with many of them, assisting their clients? Yeah, and look, that's one of the great things about um, the role we do. We we work with a, with colleagues right across the firm. Um, a lot of what I've talked about there for, uh, are often led from other departments. If you look at 
a lot of the group restructurings we do, tax are either involved or might be might be leading that piece out. Uh, the legal our legal colleagues are, are also involved in that area as well. So a lot of these projects are working hand in hand with them. Um, our TS colleagues, as I touched on, we work on due diligence. Uh, exercises feeding into their reports uh, and similarly if I think of corporate finance we're talking about funding funding structures debt versus equity classifications so uh, there's there's very few departments that we we don't uh, we don't work with or, or, or hopefully the, the accounting complements what they're already doing very good you mentioned at the start there the financial reporting seminar is there other items similar to that that you and your team contribute to as well yeah, so what we try to do as well is, is contribute to the firm's thought leadership. So we are in a unique position where we're seeing clients coming to us with, with accounting challenges and where we see us, our team, our, our, our topical challenges come up, we do try to get in front of that and, and, and put publications out there. And, and similarly, where we see something coming down the road where we think this will be challenging for clients, we look to get in front of it and release thought leadership. So over the last couple of months and year, we would have... Uh, released a number of articles around financial reporting implications from the conflict in Ukraine, the impact of rising inflation rates and interest rates, and also um, impairment considerations in terms of uh, uh, businesses with hybrid working environments. Uh, so that's what our team have, has probably contributed to, and I would say the firm and the wider network has significant publications in, in this area as well, where we look to leverage off that and share that with our, with our client base also. Thanks, David. You've really brought alive what the accounting advisory group do and the support that you provide to your clients. Before we wrap up here today, is there any tools or resources out there um, that our listeners could use to help them in regards to accounting or financial reporting issues? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, Lane. There is. And um, I touched on the, the financial reporting seminar we done around year-end reminders in December. That's that's probably available and it, it delves into some of these in a bit more detail. Um, I'd probably say we're 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 due an in-person financial report and seminar with our clients, hopefully. Um, so hopefully we get to announce that later this year. Um, but in terms of say toolkits and 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 publications, uh, we do have really useful resources out there from from the firm and from the wider network. There's illustrative financial statements which are really really helpful when it comes to preparing annual reports and financials. There's disclosure checklists, and then there's more detailed publications. Obviously, KPMG Insights. Um, which gives uh, very helpful examples and application of IFRS accounting standards. But then there's also specific guidance um, and publications and standards such as revenue. And we have an excellent one also on, in terms of uh, IFRS 2 share-based payments. So there, there's lots of toolkits out there that should help finance teams hopefully um, deal with some of, the, some of the challenges that they face. Excellent. Biggest challenge can be finding the time to look and look at it all and read it all. Absolutely. Look, that's, that's, where, that's where we come in. Very good. Thanks, David. Thanks to all our listeners. If you have any questions on the topics that David discussed here today, or you feel there's other areas that David or another member of the Accounting Advisory Group could assist you with, please feel free to reach out to David or any member of the team, or if you prefer your usual KPMG contact.